Dave, are you are you there? Uh, this is supposed to be episode twelve, um, but I haven't been able to really get a hold of Dave. Uh, he's been pretty quiet. I think we need to perform a mental health check on him uh, to get him going a little bit. So, are you are you there, man? I told you that I did not want to do this episode this week, and yet here I am freezing in my miserable garage having to reflect on that nightmare last week thank you for that you're welcome um obviously michigan state gets the win over michigan uh dave did not take it very well on saturday we were going back and forth via text uh he was not what i would call a happy camper um dave feelings Let's hop right into the giveaway and get this over with. We have promised you guys that regardless of the outcome, that we would be good sports or at least try to be good sports. And I'm I'm trying to be a good sport right now and trying to honor the fact of all of our Michigan State listeners that picked Michigan State to win the football game are now entered into a free $50 giveaway. And so we've got all those names in a hat. We are going to do that to top off the episode and get things rolling. And then we will never talk about this again. All right. Until, ne- until next year. Of until, course. <laughs> until, until next year. Of course, this is a lot more bitter to give away this money when, when it's Michigan state, but all right, let, let's do this. I got the, got the names. You see what I have in front of me, right? Yes. I see it. Okay. All right. All right, Brant. I think this might be somebody that you know because I don't know a Cheryl Vandenberg, but Cheryl Vandenberg is the $50 winner. Do you know Cheryl? Because I do not. Hi, Cheryl. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I definitely know Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl works with me. Um, she uh, listens to the podcast, oddly enough, as not, not a big sports fan, but. Uh, her and her boyfriend listened to it and uh, congratulations to Cheryl. So shout out Cheryl. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, uh, she, she gave me a little bit of the business this week uh, for Sparty winning, but uh, she's a good sport. And uh, thank you for uh, following the show and thank you for everybody who entered and followed the show. So appreciate it. All right. So we will get that $50 to you, Cheryl. Thank you for the, for the support. All right. I'm going to reluctantly hop into this topic. You sent me this as we're trying to put together the agenda. And I was just already irritated. Quote, unquote, hats off to MSU for a comeback of the ages. And then I screenshot the text that you sent me Saturday at 3.50 p.m. After I'm in deep, dark state of depression. Hats off to state. They battled and they won. You know, sometimes you win and sometimes you come up short. And today we came up short. Yeah, good take, dude. Real, real hot take. Are you kidding me? Why would you send me that? Well, it's just a matter of the way that the game goes, man. Sometimes you're just going to come out on the losing end of things. And uh, that happened on Saturday. And you can't go back in time and change it. It's just a matter of fact. And um, it sucks. 
but it's what happened and state made plays at the end of the game and Michigan didn't. Well, clearly, but let me tell you something that this is all. So that annoyed me. And then what annoys me even more, and it's not surprising is Monday. I've got to listen to Jim's presser or maybe it was Tuesday. I forget. And they ask him, Jim coach, tough loss out there. You're up 30 to 14. And obviously, you know, state made a heck of a run. Um, what, what happened out there? What, what changed in the game? Do you want to know coach's response, Brant? Did you hear what he said? No, I didn't hear. All right. Well, it was a killer analogy. Here it was. Yeah. We're down 30, 14. And um, yeah, what happened? They scored a touchdown. They got a two point conversion, you know, brought it within eight and he scored again, got another two point conversion and that tied the ball game. And then, um, and then they won it. So, yep. Yeah. Coach, good take on that. Like, thank you for adding up how people score points in a football game. Like I'm just so you don't get to be once again, you don't get to be that arrogant and that like, Oh, you were robbed or oh, this was no dude. You lose all of these big games, all of them. Yes. I'm still happy about this Michigan team. No, I'm not down in the dumps thinking the season is over. I'm not crazy Michigan fan. But to not be beyond irritated that you go to East Lansing in a top 10 nationally ranked matchup that had the most viewers in the entire country this whole college football season, and you are looking dominant. Cade McNamara has the game of his career, right? You're up 30 to 14, and you lose. See, like, to me, that that is just unacceptable. That's not like... Well, well, that's just like what happens sometimes. Like, no, that's the problem with Michigan football. You have to win that game. You have to. Like, there's no, to me, there is no middle happiness area. So I didn't know what you were talking about. Well, I'm living in that middle happiness area. area. And like you said, there's the rest of the season to be played. Things are not done yet, Dave. This whole story of the season hasn't Didn't been broke. say they were. I did not say they were. I Okay, so is it is it wrong for me to be mildly happy? Yes, it is wrong. You're <laughs> you immediately lo- you no. just want me to come live in misery with you, and I won't do it. It's okay to still have an optimistic outlook on the season. Um, you know, they have to gear up this weekend. They have to get ready this weekend, and as soon as that loss happened, you have to move on five seconds after it happened. You you just have to. Um, and I hope the players did, and I hope the coaches did, and you have to reevaluate, and you have to get it right going forward because uh, it's otherwise it's all for naught. So you're telling me that when 110,000 people at the big house are singing Mr. Brightside, they're talking about you. <laughs> yeah, I would like Brightside. to think so. <laughs> uh, Golly. I, I bet they'd really love me in the post-game locker room. Hey, you guys, it's all good. We have a game next week and we're still dear friends. Right. Like, okay. Thanks for the analysis, Ted Lasso. Like, no, that, that is not, that's just not how this works. I need you to be more angry than you are. I get it. I'm moving on. Um, I have, I have put you at a distance since last Saturday. We haven't talked yet this week. You know, it's been, it's almost like we, we had to be separated for a little bit. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm going to put, I'm going to put that behind me right now, but I had to just let you know why I was so irritated because I just feel like that is, 
that is just like Michigan fan. Like, oh, this was, this was a bigger game to Michigan State anyway. Let them have it. They had a heck of a game. Like, nope, you're up 30 to 14. You suck again. You lose. State owns you. And it's not close. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So Kenneth Walker, beast of a game. I mean, unreal. This kid is good. Uh, really good. Brant, is he headed to New York City for the Heisman Trophy presentation? If he's not, then the system's broke. Uh, he's got to be at least in New York City. Um, he's got a lot of work left to do, I think. He's going to have to still have outstanding games against Ohio State and Penn State and probably a really good Big Ten championship game if they get there. Um, out, outside of him doing um, – Anything like 50, 60 yards in those games, I, I think if he puts up anywhere around the 100-yard mark in those games and they win or maybe they split them, I mean, he, he could probably even lose to Ohio State still and definitely get there. Um, I don't know if he can win it at that point, but he should definitely have a seat at the table uh, in New York City for that. I agree. You know the, you know they want to give this to a quarterback, though, right? This is a quarterback's trophy. But I, I completely agree that if if he's not if he's not there, the system is broken. Kenneth Walker's having an unreal season. And once again, the difference is your elite players, right? Like when do they show up? They show up in big moments. Yeah, they show up in every other week, but they show up in big moments. And he put the whole team on his back when Peyton Thorne was struggling, when Naylor got hurt. When that receiving game, you know, spit the bit, Kenneth Walker said, let's go. And you're not going to stop me. And and I give I give all the credit to to that kid. You know, heck of a player. So can you think I, for the rest of the way out? I mean, we saw the uh, and we'll get into the the college football playoff committee and the rankings and all that in the in the next segment. But just to wrap up with with Michigan State, do you think that they can run the table the rest of the way? Are we looking at a 12 and 0 Spartan team or is that unrealistic for them? Absolutely not. Um, and if you think that that's going to happen, uh, I would say you probably think it's going to happen at a 5% mark. Um, I think there's a 95% chance that they don't run the table. And I think they probably struggled this weekend. I don't know what Naylor's status is, but that's a big loss. Um, and Purdue is a pretty good ball club. Um, yes, they are. Gonna, yeah, and they're going to have that home field advantage. And you want to talk about an emotional hangover win. Um, look out if Kenneth Walker gets bottled up because I'm not sure Peyton Thorne, um, he didn't prove anything to me on Saturday. Uh, he had one great throw outside of that. Uh, not very impressive. Dave? Purdue Purdue's a good team. I know we'll do the, the, the bets later and we'll talk about that game a little bit, but I, I think that, no, I, I don't think they'll run the table. I'd be very shocked. This is no hate on Michigan state. Those of you that know me know that I took that loss deep personally i'm angry but i'm not mad at you your team won i would be happy if i was a state fan i'm not going to hate on michigan state they they won i I don't think that they can go 12 and 0 i'd be shocked if they did um and and i think that they've got the, the the problem is now that i think michigan state their program in general even before mel tucker thrives off of being the underdog thrives off of we don't get enough attention we don't get enough respect and it, they always play with a chip on their shoulder, and it works in their favor, obviously, um, in the in these types of big games. The problem is right now for, for Michigan State, 
you're number three in the college football playoff rankings, and you got a big old fat target on your back. And now you're everybody's Super Bowl. You're Ohio State Super Bowl. You're Purdue. Purdue wants to bring you down, and they're hot right now. Um, you, Penn State wants to destroy you. I mean, that's what happens. There's no hate to Mel Tucker or Michigan State. It's just you want to be the big dog. Well, now you're the big dog, and the pressure's on you, right? The, the pressure, as we said this past weekend, the pressure was on Michigan. Obviously, they folded when it really mattered. Um, now I think the pressure shifts. I think for the first time this season, the pressure is on Michigan State and all eyes are on Michigan State. 12-0 and 0 is going to be really difficult to, to do. So let's go to, to Michigan football for a second. So we got to obviously readjust, refocus. Um, I don't think we necessarily need to readjust expectations for the season, but Brant, what are you expecting now out of Michigan football? Are you feeling more skeptical about them now or is this just a bump in the road? Um, and then we'll, we'll, let's answer that first actually. And then we'll hop into the college football playoff stuff. I think my expectation is that we have to fix what's broken and what's broken was the defensive assignments were broken. Uh, when state, when state went, uh, hurry up, it was a mess on defense. And I think that was the most glaring problem. Obviously the JJ fumble didn't help anything. Um, us kind of closing up shop halfway through the third quarter didn't help either. However, I think the number one problem was Mike McDonald was unprepared for substituting. Uh, it stuck out like a sore thumb. And I think Kenneth Walker scored like three times just solely on that happening. Mm -hmm. So you fix that and maybe he doesn't get those three scores. Um, I expect a better defensive performance. And I expect that uh, Mike McDonald calls a better game substituting his players. He got caught being a rookie D coordinator. I'm not saying he called a bad game. A, a but... rookie D uh, college coordinator. I right. Guess. Right. Um, yep. Yeah. Exactly. It works in the NFL, right? Like you got it. Right. So uh, yep. he got caught being a rookie college coordinator. Right. I, I think that, um, and this ties into the next part, which is, okay, so what do you expect from Michigan moving forward? Well, you're a one-loss team. College football playoff committee put you at number seven. That's above number eight undefeated Oklahoma, which I loved. I, I would have loved if they did the same thing for state. I don't res I don't respect Oklahoma. They don't have the 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 wins, the schedule, the the convincing wins that I think you know these other two programs do. And I think that, the expectation what that told me, I to be honest with you, I was kind of shocked. I, I thought that we would be around number eight or number nine. Wasn't sure like how they were gonna wait the whole things like Wake Forest. Like, does Michigan fall behind them because they're a one-loss team? I was unsure. But what those rankings told me was pretty clear that the committee respects the Big Ten. They respect the Big Ten East in particular, and they don't respect the you know, Cincinnati. They don't respect their schedule. And, and I'll be honest, it seems like the first time in a while that, that they seem to be getting it right and have set, sent a pretty clear message to say, like, no, we're looking at your games. We're looking at it from an analytical standpoint. What do your wins look like? Um, and I think that's biting a team like Oklahoma, biting a team like Cincinnati. Your biggest win is against Notre Dame, right? And I, I just think that, that that schedule is cake. And what that told me is Michigan, do, do I think they're going to do this? No. But it doesn't matter what I think. The reality is that I believe that if Michigan beats Indiana, they win in Happy Valley, 
they beat Maryland and they somehow in the big house take down Ohio State this year. I do not see the committee keeping Michigan outside of the college football playoff. And that's not to discount Michigan State. I mean, let's do Brand, do you think that it's possible? I mean, this is just like pie in the sky, but is it possible for Michigan and Michigan State? Is there a scenario where you see them both getting in? Yep, there sure is. Uh, I could definitely see it. Michigan State wins out. They go 12-0. They go to the Big Ten Championship game. They win that. They're secured at number two, no doubt. Uh, Michigan's loss looks great. Um, The only thing that plays havoc with that is um, I don't don't think Oregon would still be in the conversation at that point as a Pac-12 champion, win over Ohio State, just like um, Michigan would have. But then Michigan's loss would be to Michigan State and Oregon's loss would be to Stanford. So they're kind of pushed to the side, right? And then you have um, Alabama and Georgia to kind of sort things out and who would end up being the one team or the four seed or, or whatever that ends up looking like. Uh, but Dave, that's a very real scenario and only real in the <laughs> only real in the pie in the sky world uh, because you'd still have to beat Ohio State. And that's something that um, I wanted to touch on quickly, Dave, when, when my misery at 350, well, at 349, my misery turned to joy was we still have a chance here. Um, because I do believe that we can win the next three games. And then you get all of that elation back on the Thanksgiving week, right? It doesn't matter that you've lost, I don't know, what is it, seven straight or whatever. Since Denard was there, we haven't beat him. But you get all that elation back, and this year they're actually vulnerable. There is no, there is no impenetrable defense. You know, They have the receivers. They have a pretty good quarterback, but he's still a freshman. Like there is a, there, they are there to be had at home for you. So um, I think that's a really important thing to remember when we're talking about Michigan's future in the next four weeks is that is not all doom and gloom on the Thanksgiving week. Right. I, and, and trust me, I'm moving past this. I'm not hanging. I'm not, I'm not going to continue to bring up this state loss. It just irks me for, for so many reasons. I do think that you're going to learn a lot about Michigan, this team, this weekend. I think that uh, – I think you're going to learn a lot about Jim Harbaugh too. Yep. Not, not just it, this team. But, you, yeah. you got it. You got it. And I think that, you first of all, you've got Indiana at night, home game, back in the big house, um, just got your face rubbed in the dirt by your, you know, your in-state rival. And the question becomes, like, do I think Michigan's going to win this game? I do. Like, I, if I was a betting man, like, I, Michigan should win this game. But Indiana always plays them tough. I don't care they have a true freshman quarterback. They've got some guys on defense. If you win this game by like a touchdown, like, yeah, nope, that, that's not going to be impressive to me at home in a night game coming off of getting your, you know, your face smacked around last week. I think they come out and, and they need to roll. And if they come out and they roll and they get that momentum back that they had prior to coming into East Lansing, I think that, Winning in Happy Valley is very possible. It's going to be tough, but it's very possible. I think a win at Maryland is highly probable. And then you're right. I mean, heading into like Thanksgiving weekend, I think it's at that point, you know, turn that swagger all the way up to 100. Like you got to get excited for that game. Stop the loser attitude of like, we're going to lose once again because Ohio State, oh, we don't stand a chance. Like 
Let's go. Let's get fired up. Ohio State can be beatable this year. We've seen it. I know that they were rolling. Penn State hung right in there with Ohio State. Maybe that says a lot about Penn State. I think it probably does, but it also tells us a lot about Ohio State to say that they are still beatable. They are. Maybe not for Michigan because God knows we haven't even been close lately, but but they are they are beatable. So, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic moving forward, Brant. I am. I know you needed to hear that. Yeah, I did. And thank you for admitting it. And I think we both can agree that the six teams in front of Michigan, they're obviously not going to win out. They've got to play each other. Things are going to shake out the way that they're going to shake out. Um, and it's all going to come down in the next four weeks to who has beat who, um, who has who has put on style points. And now the game against Indiana matters to the tune of did you cover the spread? Did you beat them like you were supposed to beat them? Are you going to beat a Maryland like you're supposed to beat Maryland? And those things actually matter for Ohio State, too. They matter for Michigan State. You stub your toe, you're going to have to get back up. So um, I think that uh, the next four weeks of college football they are going to be so awesome. And I'm just glad our team is involved in it, Dave. I know that we're number seven, whatever, but I've seen so many teams before in this position where they, they opened at seven and they've still made the playoff, you know, so it can happen and it has happened. Right. Absolutely. So speaking of Mr. Brightside, Mr. Optimistic himself, Brant, I'm going to really need you this segment <sighs> shifting into the lions, the lions performance on Sunday at home against the Eagles leaves you feeling what? Uh, I feel like they're a two touchdown underdog this weekend on the bye week. That's what it leaves me feeling like. <laughs> uh, it's got me, <laughs> it's got me feeling like uh, the bye. It doesn't matter when it comes. Uh, this team has nothing to regroup for. Uh, they have no energy. They have no spirit. Uh, Darius Slay scoring a touchdown on them is like, Worst case scenario. <laughs> it's like the football gods telling you, just shut it down. Just go ahead and go 0-17, get the pick you want, and get the player that you want because this year it's just not going to work for you. And uh, when things go from bad to worse, we're, we're living that life as Lions fans. Like, it is over. Um, and I know Dan Campbell, he's going to try this rah-rah, uh, get you up. He's going to do whatever he can to get this team motivated and God bless him really, because you know, he's not going to quit. And, and maybe he's the perfect guy for this job right now, but um, I don't see a win coming anytime soon for the Detroit lions. And now that the bears have Justin Fields playing, it's looking like the Thanksgiving day, Thanksgiving day game is in peril. I don't know, Dave. I, you, I look down, up and down the schedule, and I just don't see a win. I really thought they would test the Eagles. I really thought they would be in this game. Jalen Hurts is a rookie quarterback. He's not very good. But, I mean, that game was over in the second quarter. Yeah. The Lions game left me feeling hopeless, and this is why. Not, not just because it was another loss. I just – I truly – so I, you know I'm here for the rebuild. Like, I, I'm here for it. I see what they're doing. Tear it all down. I said it before, like, tear it all down. The problem is the pieces that are there are just not good. Like, I don't and, – and not just that they're not good. Like, I think that even um, Penny Sewell, who's been, like, pretty good, I think he could be very, very good. 
but he's like um and i forget the 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 guy's name um the other o lineman who got drafted after him uh i think was he a northwestern kid forget his name uh, rashawn slater I think rashawn slater he's about to be like all pro like first year he he's Absolutely. like the better right so like that's concerning to me um you know Taylor Decker still haven't seen him like this O-line was supposed to kind of be like the built from the inside out. Like I'm just kind of lukewarm about that. You got TJ Hawkinson. Who's just like there. He's good. He'd probably be really good on another team, but like poor guys just wasting his career defensive side of the ball. You need all new starters pretty much. Like it's not, I, I feel like a lot of teams in, in rebuilds are at least have some pieces to be excited about. I don't see too much to be excited about for the Lions, and that like really concerns me, to be honest with you. Like, and, and the, the other big question mark is quarterback. Like, there are no quarterbacks that are a guaranteed this year. The year, of course, that you are probably going to have the number one overall pick, there is no like surefire quarterback for you to take. You don't get your next Matthew Stafford, you don't get Trevor Lawrence. Like, that person's not there. So when do you get your when do you get your quarterback? I mean, would Kayvon Thibodeau be sweet? Yeah, absolutely. Like I'd love to have him there. But then what? You take a flyer on a quarterback, what end of the first round, maybe use a third round pick. Like you're rolling the dice on the future of this franchise. They didn't make a move at the trade deadline. They're leaving things as is. I just I I really don't know what the what the plan is besides draft really well. And even like right now, I'm not doubting Brad Holmes already, but like, yeah, there are some players out there that that we could have definitely gone after. And so you got to really be banking on the fact this puts a lot of pressure on Brad Holmes that he really knows what he's doing in scouting talent. And he's going to find these guys in the second, third, fourth, find a fifth round kid. But man, I don't you're making trades for Cedric Benson or whatever that um kid's name or trinity benson i said cedric benson he was, he was a running back from texas years ago trinity benson or whatever like dude these moves have not been good and and so yeah i left that game just feeling hopeless like i really i don't know what direction they're going but all right I, that was that was the lion's funeral can we move on <laughs> that was the lion's funeral that will happen week after week after week on a more exciting note we are coming up on the eve of college hoops and as Michigan fans, boy, oh boy, we could use some college hoops because we have shifted from a football school to a basketball school under Beeline. And then, of course, now Jawan Howard back to, to winning ways. So, Brand, I told you I got to lean. Although I'm a diehard Michigan basketball fan, I am not anywhere near in the ranks of you with Big Ten hoops. And you follow this thing inside and out. You ever want to talk Pistons? I'm your guy. Michigan basketball, I'm your guy. Outside of that, I'll be struggling to keep up with you. And and I will. And I'm excited to actually do this this year. Do the podcast. It's going to help me uh, stay tuned in even more. So, Brant, I'm going to toss some things out at you. Michigan basketball, they get going this week. They got an exhibition against Wayne State. What are? Tell me what's your thoughts about uh, about Michigan this year? What's the the ceiling of this team? Um, and then also tell me a little bit about Michigan State. Um, and they played, I believe, Ferris State last week. Um, but give me your previews of, of Michigan and Michigan State. What should we expect out of those two teams this year? Well, they're both pretty uh, new-blooded, if you will. Um, Michigan definitely has a 
a freshman sophomore outlook uh, as far as um, who's going to be seeing most of the minutes. Um, obviously, they bring back Eli Brooks, which was a huge get back from Juwan. Uh, and, and he's going to be that senior fifth guy or fifth year leader um, that's just going to be able to coach these guys up with Jawan and really be a driving force into getting these guys through tough games. Uh, when mistakes are happening, he's going to be that guy that's going to slow things down for them. Um, I know I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and I was talking about who the most important player on this team is and everybody points to Hunter Dickinson or the the freshman uh, Caleb Houston uh, and it's not uh, it's Eli Brooks and um, he does so many little things for you that they add up to big things in big games uh, and you and you want that leader that glue guy that keeps everybody in line um, so uh, for the Wolverines though it is a matter of getting to the final four it is a final four or bust for this team. Last year coming up short, uh, I texted you this weekend, Dave, when I said uh, the Elite Eight loss to me last year was more disappointing than this Michigan State football loss because, um, you know, you're losing to an 11 seed right. as you're the one seed in an Elite Eight game and you know what they're bringing to the table. Uh, you, you know that Johnny Juzang was, was Johnny Juzang, right? And he goes out and drops. Did he come back and, or did he? Yeah, did he he's, he's back. He, he didn't, he tested the waters, but he came back to UCLA. Okay. Um, so he is like, right. Player of the year type candidate. Um, but Michigan has their own player of the year candidate, um, in Hunter Dickinson, obviously, uh, they have the big 10 freshman player of the year in Caleb Houston candidate. Um, and then they're young around him. You have Musa Diabate. He's going to see a lot of minutes at the four, Dickinson at the five. But it's like, can he be that type of player where he can play with Dickinson? He's going to have to learn how to do that. Do you um, question for you? Sorry, just because I, I want to know your take on this. Do you because both Johns and Musa Diabate play the four? So do you? What's your your prediction for a starting lineup to come out? Is Johns at the four? Do you think Diabate sneaks into that starting lineup though by like? Christmas time, or is that a, a wild thing to say? I think uh, before Christmas, and I think Brandon okay. Johns will be. I think Brandon Johns honestly will be more comfortable in a in a in a bench role. I agree. Um, I, I know he's he wants to be like the leader type, but I think he can be the leader type and be like the six man type guy. Yep. Uh, and you need that guy, and I think he could be sold on that because he's kind of played that role before. Um, and I mean, look around you. There's four or five star guys everywhere, and. Uh, you know, these guys are Diabate, Dickinson, um, even the likes of like a Kobe Bufkin are all going to probably be first round draft selections someday. So um, you look around at that and you're just like, all right, these guys are going to play. Um, you know, Houston's going to play. Okay. Um, can, can I ask you uh, uh, one more question about Devontae Jones uh, yeah. tra transfer from, is it uh, Coastal Carolina? Coastal? Yeah, he's from Coastal Carolina. I mean, they got pretty – they they stole a gem out of Mike Smith last year, um, outstanding addition, um, and came right in and seemed to fill that that same type of void but even better than like Xavier Simpson and obviously on like the, the offensive side of the ball. Um, but now you bring in another transfer, try to replicate this sort of plan twice. You got Devontae Jones coming in. And then I believe after him, well, they've got Frankie Collins, true freshman, and then is it Zeb? 
Is Zeb like yeah, the yep. okay? Zeb's Zeb like Jackson the third, or or they might run Eli there if they're running real thin. I don't. I don't love Eli. No, I don't. Point. I don't love it either. But I could see Juwan maybe leaning that way if if Zeb's really not ready. Okay, got um, it. And he definitely didn't look ready last year. So yeah, and to and to touch on Jones just real quick, it is going to be a complete transformation from what Mike Smith brought. Mike Smith was a little conductor, right? Yeah. He wanted to make sure everything flowed. He wasn't really trying to get his unless it was a really open shot, which was perfect for that team. Mm-hmm. Devontae Jones is going to have to be a little bit more of a scorer. He's going to have to get into the lane and create something that Mike did, but Mike was so small that it was more of just a dish. He was never going to try to score in the lane. Um, so Devontae's definitely got a floater that is pure. And uh, the NBA guys were kind of salivating over him, uh, wanting Tim to at least come to the NBA, probably be a G League guy, and then work his way through the ranks. But they really loved him. And uh, great get for Jawan there. Um, yeah, we'll shift years into Michigan State just real quick. Um, and, and of course, another Walker transfer. Uh, this one, Tyson Walker, is going to be running point for them this year. And uh, I watched, because I'm a nerd, I watched some of the Ferris State-Michigan State game. So this dude wears number two just like Rocket Watts, has the same haircut. Oh, I God. swear to God, I was like, this is Rocket Watts out there. Rocket uh, Watts 2.0, okay. <laughs> right. Rocket Watts obviously left the team last year, uh, transferred out. Um, I believe he ended up at Louisville. I'll have to double check that, but I, I think he's there. Um, anyway, uh, you're going to be seeing a lot of him. Uh, the, the team has completely transitioned. There's no Foster Lawyer. There's no Thomas Kithier. Uh, like I said, there's no Rocket Watts. Uh, obviously, Aaron Henry went to the NBA. Josh Langford's gone. So it's kind of a rebuild for uh, Tom Izzo in that way. But you know his team will be ready. Um, Bingham will be back. He's their big. Um, they've got some – they have Max Christie, who is going to be an absolute stud for them. Uh, and I would I would guess, if you're a State fan, that dude's going to put up 15 to 18 easy. That dude's a pure scorer, just like how Michigan's looking forward to Caleb Houston being their pure scorer. This guy's going to get a lot of shots, and uh, Tyson Walker's going to be the engine that makes that team go. Got it. All right, cool. Thank you. I, and I, I'm not up on Michigan State's team this year, so that's a, that was a helpful preview of them. Um, so let's uh, let's shift gears here. I just want to do some a uh, couple of quick predictions, um, starting with the the Big Ten winner. Um, who, who's your, who's your prediction as it stands right now, Brant, to, uh, take, take home the, uh, the big 10 this year, man, I would love to say Michigan, uh, but it's so hard to win this thing back to back. Um, and it's just such a grind in the big 10 and they're so young. Um, I, I really think Purdue has the inside track. Is that Jane uh, Ivy kid is the truth, huh? He, yeah. Well, people are really sold on him, but they had a scrimmage against Providence last week. And a lot of people don't know this. Like I said, nerd me. Right. I do know that I he saw had, this. He struggled, oh, he did. didn't he? Yeah. He had like nine turnovers. Yeah. And, uh, if you're having nine turnovers in a scrimmage, look out because when the lights come on and the fans are screaming, you're going to be sped up even more. Uh, whether you're home or away. So uh, when there's no one in the gym, it's almost easier to play slower, play within yourself. This kid's going to struggle, I think, early. And I think by the time Big Ten plays are coming around, they'll have the ED um, and the Travion Williams thing kind of figured out. uh, Who's playing the four? Who's playing the five? And and, well, obviously, ED's not going to play the four, but um, where Travion fits in in that offense. 
Um, and so Purdue is my prediction to win the Big Ten. I like Michigan and Illinois to kind of come in second and battle for that second place position. I think it's obviously, I mean, at least preseason predictions got to be between those three schools, right? Michigan, Illinois, or Purdue. Um, there's a part of me, I mean, I, I brought up, obviously, Jaden Ivey, I've been seeing a ton on him. It's funny you brought up the game last week because I saw that as well. Um, obviously, Illinois has got Kofi, like, just going to be bullying people um, all all year long. Maybe it's the homer in me, but I got to take Michigan. Um, I, I just think that they, although they're a super young team, they also have some established guys that they can really lean on in these big moments. See Eli Brooks, um, Hunter Dickinson is coming back with a chip on his shoulder. And a guy like Brandon Johns, we talked about coming off the bench. I mean, I think that for every Caleb Houston or Musa Diabate that you get to the program, ex- exciting five-star kids, um, you need these staples in your team that are just, they're calm in the big moments. They've been here before. They walk these young kids through it. And I think Michigan's going to have a really special year this year. Yeah, I think it will be a really special year. And um, I think the one thing that if you're a Michigan basketball fan, the, the thing to look for is the evolution of Hunter Dickinson. Uh, I know he's been stepping out to the three-point line. Uh, and he's been, uh, Jawan says he's going to take him this year and he's going to make him. So uh, if we take Juwan at his word, uh, hopefully he makes some, but we're going to see the evo- uh, the evolution of Hunter Dickinson and hopefully he can find a right hand because it was all left hand last year. Right, right, exactly. Um, okay, ne- next section before we wrap up with Brant's best bets, this is just a yes or no, okay? You only get to answer yes or no. And the question is, who from these Big Ten teams, and we'll go through all 14 of them, um, makes the tournament and who does not. So if you think they make the tournament, yes. You think no, no. Ready? I'm not, I'm going to switch up the list that I, that I sent you here for, uh, you'll see what I did. Okay. <laughs> Purdue. Yes. Yes. For me too. Michigan. Yes. Yes. Illinois. Yes. Yes. For me. Ohio state. No. Yes. Liddell's back, isn't he? Yes, he is. Okay. Yes for me. Maryland. Yes. Yes. MSU. Yep. Yes. Indiana. Yep. Yes for me. Is Mike Woods in their coach now? Yes, he is. Who, who doesn't love Mike Woods? Right. I know, some, <laughs> I know some haters are out there, but I love Mike Woodson. I think he's a great coach, and uh, they kind of got a steal, I think. Right. Shout out Sammy B. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Rutgers. No. Yes. <laughs> I think that's just a sneaky team on the rise. Yep. Uh, Iowa. No. No. Wisconsin. No. Yes. Just because Wisconsin's just always annoying and in that tournament. Um Northwestern. No. No chance. Zero no. chance. Okay. Nebraska. Yes. I have yes as well. Penn State. Yes. No. Minnesota. No chance. Not a chance. Okay. All right. I should have actually wrote down our, our predictions. Um, but yeah, that's, 
that's where we where you stand on those. I'd probably tr- trust yours over mine. Okay, France best bets. Bring us home, man. Let's start out with some college football, make our way through NFL, and bring back the lock of the week. And I, I told you when we started this, I have not looked at these, so surprise me. Okay, Dave, Buckeyes traveling to Huskerland to take on Nebraska. Nebraska getting 14 and a hook. Who do you like? Ohio State. I think Ohio that they, they cover 14 and a half, no matter how annoying it is to play in Lincoln. I'll take Ohio State too, but I think this is close in the third quarter. I think they pull away late. I think Nebraska puts up a good effort in the first half. Fair enough. Um, MSU and Purdue. This one, this, okay, Dave, you know what I've been talking about? We want that 330 game, crisp air, a little bit of, oh, drop pass here, uh, tricky fumble here. Uh, MSU at Purdue, Purdue getting three points. Who do you like? I, I know people are really going to think that I'm just a Spartan hater. <laughs> I've got a bad feeling Spartan nation. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I take Purdue on the money line, but I think there's a real chance that this is the, the week that they really, really get tested again. Um, and I think Purdue could win this game. Cause I'll take Purdue with the, what is it? Three points. Yeah. Three points. Yeah. If I'm Purdue, I'm bringing in every great that they ever – I'm rolling out the red carpet for Drew Brees. I'm doing the <laughs> big show because I want to get this game. I think Purdue stands up. They they play well, um, and they if they lose, it's not by three. It might be by one or two. This might be one of those two-point conversion overtime games. Give me the Boilermakers at home. Um, Indiana at Michigan. This line just keeps growing. It seems like every week you want to go bet on Michigan. The line just keeps bumping up. That shows you that people just keep betting on Michigan blindly. Um, Indiana at Michigan, 20 and a half point favorites. Who do you like, Dave? I'm hoping that they cover that 20 and a half. I, you know, history would tell me to say that's a terrible bet against Indiana. Um, the history of Michigan and Indiana lately, but um, I, I think Michigan comes out hopefully with a huge chip on their shoulder and ready to roll. I think they win by uh, three touchdowns or more. Freshman quarterback, night game in the big house. That spells trouble. Give me Michigan by 100. Um, all right, switching over to the NFL. A terrible slate of games. Thank you, NFL. These bye weeks are brutal. Um uh, we got some injuries now in the league, so we're just slogging through this. Uh, maybe the 17 week schedule isn't for everybody. Um, Browns at Bengals, Bengals co- or Bengals, uh, giving away two and a half. Who do you like, Dave? Um, I, I think that for some reason, I, I think the Bengals have got to really, um, They've obviously got to bounce back, but there's a part of me that feels like they're, we may start to see some of the overrated start that they may have had. I think they could be very good, but they're not, they're not what their record shows. I think the Browns, I I like the Browns with uh, two and a half. Okay. I actually like the Bengals here at this spot. Browns are kind of a mess. OBJ head case, classic, saw that coming. Cry, baby, cry. Um, Give me the Bengals and Joey Burrow. If you have a chance to take the over, slam the over on this thing. Um, okay. Broncos at Cowboys. 
Cowboys sent you the helmet tonight, Dave. Uh, or did I not? Did you not get that from me? Did you see their helmets? No. Oh, well, they're going with the red, white, and blue stripe to honor um, the the veterans there. Um, and uh, it's an ode to the 1976 team. These helmets are ugly as all get out. They are terrible looking. Cowboys getting 10 at home. Yeah, don't care. I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that uh, 10 seems like a lot here, actually. I, I will take a... I know that the Cowboys are likely going to have Dak, um, but the Broncos are, I mean, they're not good, but for whatever reason, they seem to, to be able to hang around. So I'll, I'll take Broncos plus 10. You stole mine. I will also take the Broncos plus 10. This just seems like somehow if the Cowboys make a run at the end of this game. This feels like a game they might be losing the entire game, uh, but they pull it out at the end. Give me the Cowboys, or I'm sorry, give me the Broncos. Um, Packers at Chiefs, no Aaron Rodgers. He's in a dispute with the NFL over the COVID vaccine. Um, it's just the times we live in, man. It's just the we times should, we live in. We should start the next podcast episode with something like less controversial like than Michigan, Michigan State. Like we should talk about things that everyone is really cool to talk about. Like, should you or should you not get the vaccine? Should I have to wear a face mask? Yeah. So you know how you know where Rodgers stands. Rodgers is not getting it and now he has to sit out 10 days so um it's going to cost him in an important game packers at chiefs chiefs favored by seven yeah i i think that uh the chiefs better cover that seven i'll just leave it at that they they i know we all keep waiting on them like the patrick mahomes and chiefs offense that we're uh, accustomed to but man with all the yeah the drama in green bay right now and aaron not playing Chiefs better cover seven points. Dave, I'm done with the Chiefs, man. I'm I would never bet this game anyway, but give me Jordan Love, give me the Packers. I'm I'm over the Chiefs and their drama, whatever they have going on. They don't seem to care. Whatever. Um, give me the Packers. Uh all right, lock of the week, man. It's back. Back by popular demand. I had one person ask me for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, so. Oregon travels to uh, Washington this weekend. Washington almost lost to Arizona. And if you don't know, Arizona hasn't won a game this this year. They stink real bad. Washington is awful. And I cannot figure out why the, for the life of me why this is a seven-point line. I don't know if they have like the Michigan effect where even when they're bad, they still get points. I don't get it. Oregon is the number four team in the CFP. And all I have to do is beat Washington by more than seven points. And I break even at seven at that guys take Oregon all day here. That would help Michigan though. Right. If Washington wins. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, it would help them a lot because Ohio state's credibility would go in the crapper. You got it. You got it. Yes. Um, all right, man. I think that that's it for this week. Episode 12. I, I crushed my way through it. It was difficult to start. It was emotional, but I made it. And I want to apologize for my distance from you this past week. Um, it was personal and, yeah. and, you know, I hope it felt personal, but you know, it we'll, was refreshing. We'll, it was we refreshing. Needed we did. We needed a break. We'll be, we'll be better than ever. <laughs> all right. We will see you all. Next week, be talking college football, college hoops, 
and those poor sorry lions. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the support. If you haven't already, follow, subscribe, Garage Takes. Thanks. Yep. Congratulations, Cheryl. Yes, great job, Cheryl. Congrats.